I paint a lot of Goa and because it's something I can relate to. And even the people that want to buy from me, they're mostly Goans who are settled somewhere else and they want a small part of Goa with them. So I feel like there's some sort of connection to my work. It's not just a painting. It's a bit of an emotion that you're carrying with you. Hello, beautiful people. Welcome to episode 33 of Photo Country with Rajiv. This is usually the podcast where I chat with photographers from around the world. And occasionally I do talk to artists who straddle different mediums. One such artist is Manuela Mendoza Gomez. She is an artist from Goa, India. I met her when I was working there. Her work is full of nature. It's very reflective of Goa where she lives, its culture and its architecture. So I sat down to talk to her about her art and her journey from being a tennis player to a successful commercial artist. Thanks, Manuela. Thanks for coming on the Photo Country podcast. Uh, how are you doing? How's Goa? It's nice to be here. Goa is good. Goa is peaceful. Right now, the weather is great. It's raining, so it feels good to sit and paint inside, especially when it's, it's the monsoons. Right, right. My favorite memories of Goa is Goa during the monsoons. I really love Goa when it's raining and when it's really green. And one of our favorite activities is to just hop on the scooter and then ride through the back roads, check out all the cool Goa villages. Yes, the houses, the architecture, that's, that is beautiful. Exactly. Yeah, I just love love the colors and just generally the vibe of Goa. Yeah, yeah it's got this this slow living vibe. You were born and brought up in Delhi and then you came to Goa. Am I right? Yes, that is correct. So my parents, they worked in Delhi. So that's how I was born there. I and my brother, we were born there. We studied there. And well, first, my first love was playing tennis, not being an artist. That was never my dream. But when eventually I had to hang my racket because Sports has a limited amount of time within wherein you have to perform. So when I turned 18, I realized I couldn't play tennis anymore and I had to pick something else. So art was definitely one, one of the options that my mother, she provided to me. She said, you can do this because I was homeschooling while playing tennis. So I wasn't too keen on taking up anything academic as such, those subjects. So I decided to take up art, but I tried for Delhi College of Art and I didn't make it. So I didn't want to waste a year doing nothing. And I studied in GS and Medi College. I did Spanish and sociology, but I still was very keen on studying art. When I completed my first year in that college, I decided to try for art again. And I tried in Goa College of Art. And luckily I got in. So then I thought, okay, why not? Why not go back to Goa and even learn about my roots since I am a Goan. So this provided an opportunity to learn art as well as be with my family and learn where I came from, my culture. So that's kind of how I ended up coming to Goa. Right, right. And I mean, I've been looking at your work. Am I right in saying that? A lot of Goa in your work in terms of the style, the color. So I like, paint things that I can relate to. Like when I was in Delhi, I was painting things I could see around. Like I would paint this little chili and what they put for the evil eye outside the house. Or I would paint chai glasses because I would see chai walas everywhere. So when I came to Goa, I started painting themes about Goa. Like I saw these houses, Goan houses. Their architecture was quite intriguing. And uh, I would like to paint the 
Thoday a lot because it's something that's very unique to Goa. There's someone coming and selling bread and just seems like even the rooster because when you wake up in the morning, you hear the rooster. So yeah, I paint a lot of Goan things because it's something I can relate to and even the people that want to buy from me, they're mostly Goans who are settled somewhere else and they want a small part of Goa with them. So I feel like there's some sort of connection to my work. It's not just a painting. It's a bit of an emotion that you're carrying with you. Where do you get your inspiration from? Initially during college, yes. Then I used to love the surrealists a lot. I used to like Salvador Dali, Max Ernst, Rini Margaret. But then my works changed a lot after I came out of college. And I would just look at paintings for the sake of beauty. I didn't really follow the past masters as such. So I would just look at a lot of color and I would look at forms and just infuse them together. I don't as such have a particular inspiration as such right now at the moment. But has your style evolved since the beginning? How will you describe your style at the moment? And or do you go through phases or has it been sort of the same right from your start? Yeah, it definitely has evolved. The thing is, so I don't only paint to exhibit. I also paint because I want to sell my work. So that influences my style a lot because I want to sell my work and I want to make a living out of my work. So I also see what the demand is. And a lot of people don't like something so abstract. They want something that they can understand. If I paint something so abstract that only I can understand, they won't be able to relate to it. They won't buy it. So yeah, I would say that definitely influences my work a lot. And lately, like since I graduated from college and this whole journey from after college, I paint works that are appealing to the senses, to your eyes. So forms that look beautiful. I paint a lot of uh, flora and fauna. Everyone likes a little bit of foliage inside their house. And yeah, I go for colors that are more soothing. And I mean, it's always evolving. It's never something concrete as the journey keeps going by. It's always changing. So why I'm asking you is amateur photographer. I toyed around with the idea of making a living with my work, but it's really very difficult. It's tough. That is true. So what I'm really interested in is when you're an artist, you want to paint what you like, what you're passionate about, what influences you or what inspires you. But the minute you turn into a commercial artist, the whole thing changes because you have to treat it like a business. So once it becomes a business, then it becomes a job. So the whole oh, thing yes. changes, right? So it becomes, a pro it becomes a product that people want to buy. So then you are not able to do what you want. You have to fit within that canvas that people are looking at. So Definitely. how do you balance that? It is honestly challenging. And I think it's not meant for everybody. I understand all of us want to be creative. But then when it comes to making money off of it, we have to compromise a lot on what our original idea was to make somebody else happy. So, I mean, with me personally, I do a lot of commissions that sometimes I don't even get time to do my own personal works. And I, I'm mentally conditioned at the moment because I do so many commissions. And if someone says, oh, paint this, I'll just do it. But uh, yeah, usually I do like to suggest to people something closer to my style. So there's a fulfillment from my side as well in terms of completing the work of art. And if someone likes something that I have painted, but, you know, they are having doubts. I always say I can do something similar, but closer to what you like. So it's kind of finding a middle ground between both of us, the client, as well as what I like. 
when you actually start a project? Where do you get your ideas from? How do you conceptualize a painting? So I basically looked at a lot of photographs first and I look at colors, I look at compositions or even if I'm walking around and I see some, something like a mental image that I take and I think, oh, this is going to look good in a painting. This is what I would like to paint. So that's usually the first step just to have a vague concept and what emotion I want the painting to have, what kind of story I wanted to tell. And then I start out by doing a rough pencil sketch and then I look at, you know, suppose I want to do a composition of a house and a poder. Then I look at pictures of a lot of houses, go in houses, then I find pictures of the bread man. And then I compose it together myself. I usually change a lot of things here and there. I change the colors and I add my own foliage. So it becomes something entirely different from the photograph. So that's something how I basically go about it. Do you have a specific color palette? that you're known for? Can people identify this is a Manuel Mendoza's work? Is it like is that, like a signature thing that you do? I don't know if it's the colors, but I definitely like to play with light and shadow a lot. I like to make it dramatic. And I think people notice it because I paint a lot of foliage so they can tell from the style of the way I paint plants that it's my work. That's what I think. Interesting you talk about light and shadow. How do you play around with it on your paintings? I think that adds more drama to the painting, the more the more contrasting the light and shade is. And even having light on a small area and the rest of it being in shadows. And in those shadows also, yet there's so much color because you you have to play with the colors differently. Suppose I draw leaves in a shadow, I'll definitely use darker shades of green and the same leaves and the light will be a lot brighter. And that adds so much drama to the painting and makes it more interesting that I think when Someone views it, they feel that. They feel it's intense. And it, it depends how you play with the light and shadow, if you give it that intense feel. So I think it is extremely important. So you actually go out and take photographs during different times of the day and then look at how light and shadow plays in that photographs. And that sort of gives you a real life inspiration for your paintings. Is that, am I correct in saying that? Yes, I do. I also focus more on the composition more than the light. I think the light aspect I add when I paint. But for me, it's more the composition of how how the structure is going to look in the painting, how much of it I want to show and the details as well. I think when you take your own photos, you can definitely see the details a lot more clearer than finding something off of the internet. I see from your work that you do different types of work you yes murals you, you do your traditional canvas based work as well not all artists are such varied right people tend to stick to a particular medium yeah but i think with creativity it's not easy to stick to one thing you feel like you want to try out different things because it can get really boring i think painting on just one medium sometimes i get frustrated painting on canvases so a mural is something, in fact, that I specialized in during college. That's why I started doing it. I started taking up a lot of murals because that was something that I specialized in. And I would get a lot of commissions working on murals. But yeah, I only stick to painting, but I would definitely like to work with other mediums like mosaic and glass. So I think it's just exciting to experiment it gives you so many more ideas plus i like doing watercolors i like working with mosaics on wood and it's something you can mix and match and play around with and i think that process mentally is also very satisfying to just play around and not have any boundaries 
I'm sure you must have done tons of work by now. Are there any favorites <laughs> which uh, you've done so far? Yes, there is a mural that I had initially done. I had to paint a huge, I think about two walls. And they were really huge walls of about three meters wide. And it took me a lot of time to paint that. I painted that entirely alone. It took me almost a month. But the end result was quite satisfying. And a lot of people that saw it were struck by it. It had a lot of foliage. And it was just playing with shades of green. So I think that has to be a favorite mural, not only because of the way it was visually, but how I had to deal with completing it mentally as well. I was frustrated halfway, but yet I had to push myself to complete the canvas. And I think that is just a reminder to keep going every time I feel like I want to give up on a project. So I think that's why it's a favorite as well. Going forward, Manuela, as an artist, where do you see yourself going? Are there areas that you want to explore that you have not done so far? What's on my bucket list right now is definitely to travel, to go to Italy and see everything that I've learned about in textbooks, your Renaissance paintings and visit the Sistine Chapel and see how I can find inspiration from that. So that is my goal right now. But aside from that, I do honestly feel that I like doing commercial work. I like selling my paintings. So right now I look more about art in the commercial sense. And I like the business aspect in art. I enjoy it. I have fun with it. And I also want to work with other artists as well. That is my goal for the next five years to make art that is affordable and people can buy it. And yeah, hopefully more people can have art on their walls. I don't think so much in terms of concept, but yeah, I would definitely like to have fun with more mediums and more styles. I've actually covered all the questions that I actually wanted to ask you, Manuela. Yes, I have some things I want to add. Okay. So I do want to speak about the fact that how I played tennis a lot and how that influenced my work as such as being an artist. In terms of discipline, how we always had to wake up really early and head to the tennis court, like from a certain time in the morning, from 6 to 10, I guess, and then in the evening again from 3 to 6. So I feel like playing that sport definitely taught me a lot of discipline that I carried forward in my art career. Like I know a lot of artists want to just paint when they feel like painting. But with me, it's not like that. I paint every day from a certain time to a certain time. Like from, from 10 to 5, I'm painting and I take a one hour lunch break. So I think having discipline is extremely important because you're not going to feel like painting every day and you're not going to feel creative every day, but you still have to make an effort to go and be really persistent and have that discipline. And that's when you're going to be able to create a lot of works and you're going to be able to learn and grow a lot more. So I think that's what I've seen. A lot of artists, they don't have, when they don't have inspiration, they don't paint, they just give up. So I treat it as a job, my work, and I'm there regularly. And I think that's what helps me also get a lot of work. And even promoting your work online is so important. I started promoting my work online the moment I got a smartphone from fourth year of college till now. So it's been about like six years. And that has helped me maintain consistency and stability. And it takes a lot of time to get work. But yeah, it's necessary to be persistent and do it every day. Yeah, I think it's important to have a strong work ethic, number one. Yes. And number two, this is famous 10,000 hour rule. Oh, yes. The other famous quote is by this photographer called Henri Cartier-Bresson. 
and okay. he said your first 10,000 photographs are crap. <laughs> that is true. I think even after this 10,000 hours, there'll be works that you won't be satisfied with, but maybe other people will find it really <laughs> beautiful. The final question I usually ask my podcast guests is, what will you tell your younger self, right? Or what will you tell young and up-and-coming artists? Uh, what will be your piece of advice to them who's trying to break into this commercial art world? Yes. I mean, you have to want to do it every day, even when, you know, even when it's a bad day. I think that's what people have to realize, that you have to do it every day. So pick something that you want to do every day for the next five, ten years. <laughs> I think people don't realize the value of persistence right now in our culture. It's like because of social media, we like to pursue what is glamorized, but we don't see what works. We just see the final image on Instagram or wherever. We don't see what goes on at the back, but it's a lot of hard work and support as well. I think having support goes a long way. I am pretty fortunate that I have the support of my family. So this definitely pushes me forward. So yeah, I think having backup as well, like you asked me if they should take it as a full-time job. I think it's important to see whether you have backup and you can have food on your plate and a place to live first. There's a lot of interesting things that you said and discussed, which is, I think it'll be useful for people who are getting into this field, especially your attitude towards work, which is, I think is fantastic. And kudos to you for having such Thank a great you. work ethic. Thank you so much for having me. This was actually a lot of fun and interesting. Thank you, Manuela, for coming on the show. It was inspiring to learn about your work ethic and your artwork. So, listeners, if you want to own one of Manuela's beautiful art, then head on over to her Instagram feed, Manuel Artista. I will link to her feed in the show notes. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Do sign up for my newsletter on Substack and be informed every time I release an episode. That's photocountry.substack.com. Till the next episode, stay safe and keep clicking.